Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. January 20th? Yeah. J2O, that's what it is. 2023, we got Clay Harbor taking the world by storm. Uh, congrats <laughs> again on Jay Will. We were talking about it before. Kellerman, uh, Keyshawn, we saw you there. That was great. He does our Believe in Jags show. The Jags could be, are they the biggest surprise of the NFL season to you? I mean, to me, no, but to the world, yes. I mean, they, they were last place in the division last year didn't even have a heartbeat, barely could find a pulse for these guys. And then a year later, now they're one of eight teams left in the entire NFL. Yeah, I think that's a surprise. To go from worst to first is incredible. But you got to realize, you go from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. I mean, that's a big that's a big change right there. Doug mm-hmm. Peterson, I've been on the staff with him back in Philly. He was my offensive uh, – he was a quarterback coach when I was on the team. So I got to, a chance to really get to know Doug. He's a great guy, very intelligent. And him and the coaching staff that he assembled is the biggest reason, in my opinion, that they've had so much success. Mike McCoy, former head coach, former offensive coordinator, coach Peyton Manning. You bring him in to tutor your star quarterback. You got Press Taylor, offensive coordinator, offensive mind. Jim Bob Cooter, former offensive coordinator is on the offensive staff. He doesn't get a lot of praise. Doesn't get talked about a lot. That's one of the best names in football. Huge name, Jim Bob Cooter. That's awesome. And he's a smart guy. He was my offensive coordinator in Detroit when I was on the Lions. So they assembled a great offensive staff and they knew what they needed to do. Hey, we got this talent at quarterback. If we progress him, it's a quarterback driven league. We progress him. We can make a great change. They did. And then that's what made their season so special. Is there a little bit of uh, maybe a three, four year, maybe even more than that window opening up here given what the rest of the division looks like. I mean, you're looking at a Colts team and a Texans team that might be taking rookie quarterbacks. Now, Trevor would be going into year three next year. He's already ahead of them. They won the division this year. The Titans are kind of up in the air. Obviously, they have an incredible head coach, but I feel like this this might be like, we might see a Jags. Yeah, I think AFC, three or four is short. AFC, well, but like you get what you can take. I feel like in the modern NFL, anything can happen and who knows what Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, if either of those teams take those guys turn into, but are you liking this window this year? Obviously for the Jags, we want to get into the game this weekend, but also going forward. Yeah. I said nearing the end of the season, I go, if the Titans don't win the division this year, this is going to be their last chance for, you know, five, six for the foreseeable future. And that just depends on how special do you think Trevor Lawrence is? Do you think they can bring in a rookie quarterback that in a couple of years can compete with Trevor Lawrence? My opinion no, I think Trevor Lawrence is special. I think Doug Peterson special. I think Travis Etienne is one of the most underrated running backs in the league. Gosh, I mean, this him. guy goes from, from zero to 60 faster than anybody that I've, I've seen. I'm not lying here. It's unbelievable how fast this guy can stop and start. I mean, he's like driving a Tesla, man. This guy can just, just zoom. There's no, I mean, there's no gears there. I mean, he's just straight speed, straight quickness. So I think this team's special, and I, I don't see I don't see in the foreseeable foreseeable future them losing to the Texans, Titans, or Colts, in my opinion. So I think this division is going to be theirs for a long time. 
Well, can yeah. we talk about the the Trevor Lawrence thing because you you have him as the second best quarterback I don't left think that's in the play. Crazy. No, I, 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 really I want to hear the I want to hear the reasoning it. behind it because I think a lot of people would probably have Burrow and Allen both ahead of him in the four. I mean, yeah. what a what a foursome of quarterbacks there. But give yeah. give us the the rationale and the reasons behind it. Okay, so the question was to start a franchise, right? Ah, and in starting a franchise, which quarterback would you rather have? So it wasn't just the best. And yeah, he's not the best quarterback. I think he's probably, he might be just because the quarterbacks that are in here, he might be fifth, you know, maybe, you know, maybe six, there's an argument, but fifth, but overall to start a franchise, this guy's 23 years old. I know the other guys are young too, right. but the improvement that he showed from last year to this year. I mean, it's it's incredible going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, what he's shown. He does that again. I mean, he's up there with with Mahomes and Allen, in my opinion. And context context of the question is incredible. The context is huge. Right? I want to I'll veer us yes. off for a quick hot second moment to get us back on the path because we were having a debate the other day. Love and, a good debate. And you, you, I know you do in basketball. Yeah. Uh, and you're saying that Victor Wembanyama is like a once in a lifetime talent, but I want to throw it back to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Who was a once in a lifetime talent? Like yeah. when he was a freshman quarterback, he'd be like, okay, if he went into the draft, he'd be the first overall pick. Look at that. Yeah. That's that I want one of those flasks. The, the if, if Trevor Lawrence was going in as a freshman, be the first overall pick. Is he better than Burrow? I don't know. But to, to me, saying that he could be, or maybe he is right now, better than Josh Allen, I don't think it's that far fetched because a lot of people expected him to be that guy. Yeah. yeah, he was projected to be the next Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, be the best quarterback in the league. So if he's making these jumps, I don't think it's that crazy. I think we were throwing a little bit off kilter with Urban Meyer yeah. and the disaster they had last season. And you said they yeah. were worse in the division. Let's not sugarcoat it here. They were worse in the NFL in the league. Yeah, they got dead the first last. Pick. They they drafted the first pick in, in the draft last year, and they made all these moves. And I'll, I'll go to that now because what was the best move outside of Peterson? Because I, I would assume that's what you said, you know, would say to this yeah. question. But what was the best move player personnel-wise that you think they made? I mean, they made a bunch of good moves. And a bevy of I, them. I, yeah, and I love, like, Foyer Lewican is an underrated guy that doesn't get talked about much. Led the league in tackles this year. He's the quarterback of that defense. That's why this defense, the last five games of the year, averaged 15 and a half points a game. I mean, that was a great move. Uh, Folo Fatakasi was a great move, shoring up that inside in the run game. Doesn't get talked about much. Obviously, the draft, Trayvon Walker, I think, you know, he he was he didn't do a ton this year, but I think he's showing the future he can progress. Um, but the best move, in my opinion, and also, I mean, I like Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram's great. I think Zay Jones is great. But you look at Christian Kirk, what he's done for, for Trevor Lawrence to have a consistent guy, and he's not a guy that's going to wow you you know, do anything crazy, but he's just consistent. He runs good routes. He catches the football. He's a consistent, diligent worker. When I went to training camp this year, first guy out, last guy off the field, he's catching a hundred passes on the jugs. And that's the kind of guy you want. That's one to get routes in after practice with Trevor. And he's just been a con consistent target for Trevor Lawrence. And I know people were saying the worst signing in free agency, he's not worth the money. Next thing you know, this guy's got over a thousand yards, uh, he had a touchdown last week in the wild card round, nine touchdowns this year, ton of catches. Guy was worth every penny they paid him. He's an absolute stud, and they've done wonders with him. And it kind of begs I mean, the, the question. The, of, the consistency factor, right? Like, yeah. they're talking about this New York Giants team that's in the that's in the playoffs. Like, 
he would be the number one receiver on their team. No question. Well, right? He'd be, he'd be the number one receiver on a few teams. I, I yeah. think it's a situation where you have a guy like Zay Jones, who you brought up, you bring up Ingram. We have Marvin yeah. Jones over there as well. Junior. Yeah. Who's got a silky smooth voice. Just quick shout out over there to him. Uh, <laughs> and, and he does. And then you have Christian Kirk. It almost begs the question. Are you sometimes better off? in an instance with a bunch of number twos than just one number one guy that the quarterback gets googly eyes for. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, so sell me this pen. How can they beat and do the near impossible and beat the Kansas City Chiefs this upcoming weekend? It's going to be tough. It, it will be tough. And I know it's oh, teacher yeah. versus apprentice. Yeah, teacher versus apprentice. You got Doug Peterson playing. It's his old boss, Andy Reid. Andy Reid was his boss in Philly for several years, took him to Kansas City with him, made him his offensive coordinator boss in Kansas City. You know, Doug obviously goes to Philly, wins a Super Bowl, and now he's in Jacksonville. These two know each other well. So Doug knows what Andy's going to do. Doug has a good idea what's Andy, but Andy knows what Doug's going to do. Here's the reason I think the Jaguars have a chance. They've been playing in playoff games for like the last five weeks now. If you lose, you're done. You can't lose. You got to, if you want to make the playoffs, you can't lose. The game against Tennessee, the end of the game end of the year. That's a playoff game. You literally win, you're in. Guess what? They won. Played a playoff game last week. Come back 27 points down, they win. There's momentum. There's belief. The mindset that Doug Peterson has instilled in these guys is they believe they can do anything. So I think going into Kansas City, nobody gives them a shot. They're playing with house money. I know Arrowhead's loud and, oh, Trevor can't play in this environment. It's going to be the loudest Trevor Lawrence played in the in the college football playoffs three straight years. He, he won the national championship. These college stadiums are jam-packed. More people fit in these college stadiums than they do in the NFL stadiums. This is, this is something Trevor Lawrence has came up doing. He's used to these environments. They've even played in Arrowhead this year when they only lost by 10 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. They missed two field goals. Uh, Christian Kirk dropped a wide-open touchdown pass, and Cam Robinson got called for an illegal man downfield on a touchdown pass. That game was closer than people think. This team believes they can play with these guys. If they can block Chris Jones, I think they can pull off an upset. Wow. Singling out Chris Jones. And I, I want to, you bring up my least favorite penalty in the entire game. I hate the illegal man downfield. What are we doing? Just let the boys play. There has to be, I feel like there has to be penalty. There has to be some redaction of that, of that penalty to, to clarify that it's when it's involved in the play and actually makes some sort of impact. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Like, <laughs> when there's a screen pass outside or something like when, when it just has no, and a guy's, you know, he's five yards upfield. He wants to roam free. I mean, he's <laughs> let him hang out and paint his lineman, like a bunch of streakers on just the field. Him, yeah. Peta, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm out. I'm out on that penalty, but honestly, like <laughs> I've got restless leg syndrome. I get it. Like yeah. every now and then you got to roam a bit. Gotta let it fly. I, the, we were sitting there, Alex and I, when the Jags were down 27, nothing, and we went to betonline.ag, go to betonline.ag today, uh, and we put down part of our welcome bonus on the Jags money line, to, and, and they came back and won. Look, if you're Trevor no Lawrence. I do want to say, yeah. I think some of that had to do with the team they were playing and, and how unlucky that team has been unlucky, just as eh? a career team. Did you guys I mean, see hey, the bonehead that put the million dollars on the, the Chargers? You believe? Like, do you think over? that's real? Yes, I saw it. They said they confirmed it. He oh. put like a million something down to win 14K. I bet you that well, guy doesn't he doesn't he doesn't like Joey Bosa right now. I mean, dude, like <laughs> or boy Dicker. I mean, it was that was a uh -huh. disaster. Uh let's shift gears, obviously, because you're worldly on the entire NFL. Uh, and we've kind of touched on your rankings, quarterback rankings in the AFC. 
Give us your quarterback rankings for the remaining teams in the NFC because we've all been debating that over here in the office. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So it's funny. One of my uh, one of my old friends from Philadelphia, uh, Ruben Frank. He's you know he's a media, media person over there in Philly. He's uh, worked for ninety four WIP, well known guy in Philadelphia, and he ranked the entire playoffs. He had Trevor Lawrence ranked last, which I thought was wild. I mean, he had no, he had a good argument. He's like, I like Trevor. He's like, it's just like a bunch of good quarterbacks left. But as far as the NFC is concerned, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts, number one. And I mean, I think that's pretty easy to see right now. I, I think in the entirety of the playoffs, I mean, he he, he could be fifth, but in, in the NFC, he's one because the NFC isn't strong in the quarterback category right now. And I thought he should have got some votes for MVP. You saw how important he was when he went out. Then number two, I'll go with Dak Prescott. Dak had a big game last week, four touchdowns, no picks. I know he's not that consistent. And, you know, he had a big game with Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, and he, he can go up and down. But I'm just, I mean, Brock Purdy's a rookie, right? So I can't yeah. just crown him yet. I know he's, he's done a lot of good things. He's passed several games. But then I'm going Purdy. Then I'm going Daniel Jones. And I like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones can run. He can throw. He had 78-plus yards last week in, in, in that big win against the Vikings. But obviously the Vikings defense – I mean, us three could probably go out right now and play on that defense. That's how bad they are. The only defense that's worse than them in the NFL is my Chicago Bears as well. So <laughs> Daniel Jones isn't bad. I think Brian Dable is a great coach. He does a lot of good things. Brian, Brian Dable is my tight end coach when I was in, in New England. I know I've played for a lot of teams. Did, can and, you talk uh, about him for a bit, Clay? What is it about that guy? that Obviously, he, he just reeks. I got the opportunity to sit in when he talked with – Carl Banks and Bob Papa, who are yeah. who do our giant show, and he just reeks of a guy who just loves football and lives <laughs> oh football. God. But but what's what's different about him? Yeah, absolutely. Brian Dable, he gets the most out of his players. As simple as that. Like he yeah. puts them. He knows what you're talented at, and he'll tell you. He's like he's like you know he'll tell you like this is what you're good at, and this is the situations we're going to put you in. We're not going to ask you to do things you can't do. He gets the most out of his players. As simple as that. He, he looks at his players, he sees what he has, and he does a plan to put them in the best situations they can be in. His mm -hmm. quarterback, his receivers, his tight ends, they're not going to be running around. They're not going to be blocking guys they can't block. He's not going to try to run plays they can't run. Some play, some coaches, you know, they, they run an offense, and that's the offense they're running. We're going to run this. Like the beginning of the season, you saw Luke Getze trying to use Justin Fields like he was Peyton Manning. You know, sitting back there in the pocket, like trying to make quick – like that's not Justin Fields. Yeah. Okay, and then, then they adopt this Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens-style offense, and you see Fields have all the success. We're over seven games. They're scoring 26, over 26 points a game, top five in the NFL, when he switch up the offense. Brian Dable puts his players in situations where they know how to win. Daniel Jones, he's not a Peyton Manning-type quarterback going to sit back there in the pocket. He's a long strider. He can run. He can get 78 yards like he had last week against the Vikings. He can throw for three, but he's going to be on the move for some of them. They're going to be right. longer progressing plays. He's not going to anticipate a lot of stuff. Yeah. He knows that. Dables know, knows that. And he's a guy that his personality, you know, he, you want to play for him. He's a good guy. You trust him. You respect him. And uh, you know he's got your back. Yeah, I, I love that Peyton Manning impression. By the way, I you really do, you really do resemble. <laughs> we made it. Look at that. We made it side by side with, with the with the with Peyton over here. Uh, yeah. Is he your coach of the year? You know, I I think there's an argument to be made for for Brian Dable. Obviously, what he's been able to do is is pretty incredible. But you know, we 
I'm the host of Believe in Jaguars. You know, I'm, I got to say, Doug Peterson is my coach of the year. Worst team in the NFL to the second round of the playoffs? It's impressive. Play- playoffs? Playoffs? playoffs. It's an, it's playoffs? Impre- no, it's, it's unbelievable <laughs> what he's done, and all while wearing a visor. You got, you got to be impressed with this guy, uh, no doubt. A couple quick hitters for you, Clay. Uh, you played the tight end position. Who's the best tight end of all time? Travis Kelsey. I mean, Gron- so here's the deal. Here's the deal. I got two. I played with Rob Gronkowski. The thing about Gronk is Gronk can block like an offensive tackle. This guy, you, he could successfully play offensive tackle. Like I, I, one of the reasons I went to New, Orleans, New England is to be able to play with Gronk. Never seen the guy just get his hands in the perfect spot, keep good pad level, back straight, knees bent, just perfect blocking technique. This guy, you could run power to him. You could go out, he could catch a touchdown. Career longevity wasn't as long as, you know, I know people say Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez was playing when I was playing. I watched Tony Gonzalez. He didn't block a soul. He's a wide receiver. Yeah, he caught a lot of balls. To me, Tony Gonzalez was good. He's not as good as Travis Kelsey. As Travis Kelsey's career is as long as as Tony Gonzalez's, his numbers will far exceed Tony Gonzalez. Right. But the difference between Gronk and Kelsey, Kelsey's a bit better receiver, a bit better route runner. But Gronk is all around. The guy can block, he can catch, he can make plays, and all while doing this, he's just a big dumb animal. Because I'm like, I'm like trying to figure out like why he's running these routes the way he's running, like thinking I'm gonna get some cerebral answer. Like, yo, Gronk, why'd you do that? Nah, I thought it'd be good. I was open if I went right instead of left, you know. And <laughs> he's just a big dumb animal. Sometimes it's just a feel. Like yeah. he's like, you think these guys got these like great theories and thoughts, like. Gronk could just play. He could just catch. He could just make plays, man. So all around tight end, Gronk, receiving tight end, Travis Kelsey. I will accept no other answers. I know you got the, probably got the Tony Gonzalez, the Shannon Sharp. But, you know, if you want to go old school, Mike Ditka, maybe. I don't know. But those two guys are my best two tight ends. Love that. And last two for you, Clay. What do the Bears do with the first overall pick? You know, a lot of people are saying they trade for Bryce Young, reset the quarterback clock, and then you got you got money to spend. You get, got all this money for four years, and I think Justin Fields can be special, man. I th- I really do think he do- he can be. I think he's got. We didn't learn what kind of passer he was. We don't know if he can really throw the ball like a quarterback. We know he can make some plays over, like I said, over seven games. He averaged over 25, 26 points a game, and that's impressive. You get a good defense with this guy. You get a little bit better of an offensive line get him some weapons to throw the ball to. I think he can at least make the playoffs. He's got to improve in the pass game right now. He's not a good passer. He takes too long to make decisions. That's where a lot of the sacks came from, but you do not find a guy that can make the type of plays he can make. He's just so explosive. And I know the longevity might not be there with, with some of these quarterbacks. You see Lamar getting hurt. I mean, you see what happened with Cam Newton, you see Jalen Hurts' shoulder and you know, that's starting to, Tell people like, hey, maybe we need a guy that can throw the ball a little more because this guy isn't going to last that long in this league. But I think you keep Justin Fields. Maybe you trade down to four because I don't want to miss out on Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I want to get one of those two. If you can trade down to four, still get them. Maybe get an extra pick. That's great. Otherwise, I'm cool with them taking Will Anderson. This guy, I think he's a Von Miller type edge. This guy's going to make some make some plays. And I know he's an outside linebacker, not a defensive end, but I think he can make that switch too. Wow, D. Jack Hobbs locking in for twenty million rupees. I, li- I like the, I like the trade down to yeah to four name. to get one other guy if you can. I, yeah. I think that's a great yeah. move. And 
I, we feel the same way. Even the fields. even the swap. Yeah, I feel I, I love fields. Even the swap with the Texans is plausible. I, I and yeah. pick up an extra pick there. I don't necessarily hate that. If yeah. you can bait them to do it. All right, we ask everybody that comes in the show. This could be from you playing anything, Clay. Watching. What is your favorite sports memory ever? My favorite sports memory ever would have to be. I don't know if you guys remember this, but it's called the Miracle in the Meadowlands Part Two. I was on the Philadelphia Eagles. I was on the punt return team. And I remember the guys before the uh, before the play happened, we're going up to each other and go, hey, if they punt this to Deshaun, we hold them up. Like, Deshaun's going to take this back. And I remember us literally physically saying that to each other. Like, we can end this game right here. Like, they're not going to punt it. Like, like whispering so they don't hear us. Like, they're, they, don't, they don't already know that Deshaun Jackson's back. They're like, there's no way they're punting. But, you know, make sure we lock this up. Next thing you know, punt. Deshaun gets the ball. We're all blocking our, our tails off. And yeah, I mean, you guys know what happened. If you know that play, Deshaun runs it back for a touchdown is running along the end zone, runs in the end zone, throws it in the stands. We go crazy. We won the division on that play right there. When 11 and five made the playoffs lost in the uh, division in the wild card round of the green Bay Packers, which eventually ended up being Aaron Rodgers only super bowl win so far. I mean, I don't know. I don't think you'll get another one, but the locker room after that game i remember they doused coach reed with the cooler and he got everybody got real quiet because he thought he was gonna be pissed he grabs the cooler he throws it up and it was one of those ceilings like in high school you could like stick the uh stick the the pencils in yeah yeah, yeah. half the ceiling comes down with the cooler and everybody gets really quiet again the next thing you know everybody's jumping around throwing gatorade and just everybody's going crazy and you know we just won the division that's probably my best football memory you know, that's I've epic. Seen that. that is epic. And Weatherford punted to him. He fumbles the punt. He take, I mean, you know, I'm from New York. We've seen that. We, I, I've seen that play like literally 9 million times. I've never heard about the water cooler thing in, in the locker room. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Well, yeah. Clay, keep it up, man. We love the work you do for Believe in Jags. We'll see throughout the rest of the playoffs. This is the Daily Stripe with Believe. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.